0: Hello, my name is Daniel Francovilla, and I am the founder and creative director of an agency based in Toronto called Now Creative Group. At the time of recording this, we've been around for six and a half years as an agency focusing on design, marketing, branding, content creation, and today we decided to launch a podcast called Now Common Convos. The episodes that are on this podcast are all recorded through live broadcasts, so the audio isn't studio quality, but we hope that you'll at least find some helpful tips or make some interesting connections uh, with some of the people that we have on our show. Now Common Convos is a series of insightful conversations with awesome individuals from our network, sharing tips and answering our community's questions online. These episodes uh, are recorded live on Instagram every Monday. And we started this during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, where, of course, everyone is forced to work remotely. So the first episode is interviewing Fatima Zaidi, who is the founder of Quill, and one of our partners and collaborators on a number of projects and initiatives. You'll hear about her shortly. That's all for now. Enjoy the show. We are here for the first uh, Now Common Convo series uh, here on Instagram Live. Today, we're gonna be talking for the first edition um, by the way, which is going to be taking place every single, um, every single Monday around 1.30 p.m. Uh, we're going to be talking today, though, about um, podcasting, content marketing, uh, and a whole bunch of uh, tips that you need when it comes to business development and also um, merging those worlds together, so sponsorship. Um, we are going to be joined by Fatima Zaidi from Quill. And I'm going to let her in live right now. All right. So Fatima is going to be joining us. (laughs) Hi, Daniel. How's it going?
1: It's going okay. Given the circumstances, I'm uh, in my beautiful office space. The sun is shining. Can't complain.
0: Yeah, we got some great sun today, which is awesome. So... I'm super excited to have you on the very first edition of Now Common Convos. I was just letting everyone know that, you know, this is going to be every single Monday. Um, and for those interested, Fatima is also going to be doing a series of webinars. Um, specifically, um, I think there's a series of three. So uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get a little bit of an introduction going, Fatima, for those who don't know who you are. Okay. And then we can dive into some of the tips and resources. So uh, Fatima, go ahead and introduce yourself.
1: Hi everyone, it's great to be connected virtually. I am Fatima Zaidi, the co-founder and CEO of Quill, which is the world's first marketplace for podcasters. So if you're an indie podcaster or a company looking to start a new show or outsource elements of your existing show, we're sort of your one-stop shop. Uh, You can go onto our platform and find a range of different freelancers at different price points that you can hire for audio editing, production, full service, whatever it is that you're looking for. And yeah, I love podcasting all day, every day. I'm a massive podcast consumer. We also do um, the Rotten Tomatoes of podcasts on our website. So we do a lot of reviews for shows. So if you're even just looking for uh, discoverability tips or looking for new shows that you might want to start listening to, uh, you should check out our platform.
0: Amazing. And um, just a couple quick questions on the platform. So when did you first actually launch Quill?
1: We launched Quill in January. Um, I had been at an agency for many years, uh, partnered with Now Creative, actually. So we did a lot of content for clients. And one of the biggest requests we were getting were companies looking to start their own product uh, podcasts. So I decided to sort of productize our services. So I'm not new to the podcasting industry, but our marketplace went live in in January. So it's still fairly new, but it's been going really well. Um, podcasts, you know, sort of the Kager has been spiking exponentially, especially yes. when it comes to creations. There's now 900,000 podcasts. 50,000 of those have been added in the last 30 days.
0: Wow. So it's it's not only growing, but it's growing exponentially right now. Yeah. And- Now, would you say that the kind of current pandemic situation we have where everyone's at home, is that increasing the downloads on podcasts?
1: You know, interestingly enough, I would say... The spike for consumption may have declined a little bit from a listening perspective because people are now no longer commuting to work. Um, Commutes are obviously one of the biggest ways people listen to podcasts, but I would say the creation of podcasts have started increasing because companies especially are now looking for new and creative ways to communicate with their customers. They can't do events anymore. They can't do a lot of other marketing tactics that they were. So they're like reaching out to us and saying, how can we launch a podcast now to replace these other marketing tactics that we have? And also, um, I think they're using podcasting as a tool to talk to their employees as well. I'm not sure if people have listened to or heard of any internal podcast, but Shopify has one to communicate with their employees. Yep. And now this pandemic, what a great way to actually connect with your existing employees and to launch an internal podcast.
0: Exactly. And on that note, there are also a ton of podcasts that have been launched um, in the last month or so, building up to covering the pandemic. Uh, both like news podcasts, informational podcasts, and then some of those technical um, shows that are about things like, you know, certain industries, right? The startup world, the tech world, they're also creating shows or series specifically about this. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw, but BetaKit, who um, used to have the CanCon podcast, they literally relaunched um, recently. They're doing like, yeah, they're doing a mini series specifically about this situation. So I think a lot of... um, podcasts are, are adapting um, from your perspective, what would you say is kind of the, some of the other trends that are taking place in the podcasting world, other than of course the, the pandemic situation?
1: Yeah, definitely great question. So it's interesting, you know, obviously podcast creation has really increased, but I think people are now sort of looking to podcasting as a means to making revenue and money. I think before people thought of podcasting as a lifestyle hobby that they could, you know, sort of launched to engage and communicate with their audience in a very casual way but Right. people never really thought about monetizing on their shows and looking at it as a business opportunity. But you know, just like you monetize on your YouTube channel, or you're an influencer monetizing on your social media channels and advertising, why not use podcasting as a means of monetization? And people don't realize how financially lucrative it can be. Um, actually, yep. one of the conversations that I had with Doug from beta Kit, who ended up using Quill's platform to hire their producer and production specialists for the new podcast and one of the things I was saying is I wish more and more people and companies would realize that if you treat podcasting sort of like its own business entity and its own branding component, you can actually create something that's very high quality with a very engaged audience, leverage your other social followers and other forms of um, methods that you're using to reach content and actually monetize on your day-to-day show. So your ROI is actually there, even though it takes a lot of time to put out a really good show, you're at least monetizing and making money on the return. So think of it as, you know, having a side hustle that's a side business, just like you would for consulting, just like you would for um, your radio show, podcasting is no different.
0: Right. Would you say that it's kind of having a similar setup like YouTube had, where first YouTube yeah. people were just there as hobbyists, you know, having fun vlogging, and then now there's people making some serious revenue off of YouTube?
1: Absolutely. In fact, I'm actually releasing a white paper on this in the next um, week or so, and I'm talking about how up till recently, people thought of podcast monetization, people didn't really um, reward and incentivize podcasters. And even when ad brands and sponsorships are concerned, the value that sponsors that brands podcasters were getting were very little, it was no, by no means a dollar for dollar amount where, you know, they looked at the number of downloads, maybe not even the number of listens, but the actual number of downloads, which we all know, those metrics are very skewed. And it was all about mass followers and based on how many followers you had, got paid a certain amount. But I think now what's happening is because the industry is on such a di- um, increase and spike, people are realizing it's not actually about your mass followers. It's more about how niche your audience is and how engaged your community is. Right. Um, so you can actually make way more money um, with a small audience through podcasting than you can if you have, say, 5,000 listens per episode or downloads per episode but they're not as engaged as the person who has 500 or a thousand followers
0: right and that's what's amazing about podcasts is that these communities are starting to form with very niche ideas and and niche topics right so and what one of the things i think is interesting about podcasting is that there's no there's no stats there's no view counts that are visible to the audience right so on spotify or on um iTunes, obviously, they're not going to release that data publicly, so you don't have to choose just based on those views. And it's really cool because it gives new players and new creators, um, a, a, they're they're on the same playing field as, as anyone else, essentially, right? Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's why actually I'm releasing this white paper. I'm hoping to benchmark what financials should look like in the podcasting industry. I think a lot of podcasters have gotten gypped by brands where um, they're not being paid adequately for their efforts and brand awareness that they're driving. And right. it's more based on numbers rather than um, the ROI holistically that's coming to your brand from being partnered with a podcast. And so through this white paper, I'm actually looking to reestablish how much podcasters should be charging to brands for advertising and sponsorships. and I think I think the biggest takeaway from today's session should be that I think there's a huge misconception out there that you need to have a lot of followers to make money on your podcast and show. That is far from the truth. Maybe that was the case in 2013 before Serial spiked the entire podcasting boom. But now brands are looking for podcasts that are hyper-local, that really understand their analytics and data, that understand who their demographic is so that they can be matched with their exact target audience. And they're looking for people who trust their host, who understand brand value. And yeah. you know, you can't really put a price on that.
0: Right, right. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of data about how the relationship with a podcast host is a lot more intimate people. Um, you know, you're, you're literally in someone's ears for hours at a time and you feel like you've developed that relationship and that connection with the podcaster. And so that then leads to more trust when you are selling them a product or making a recommendation, right? So. Yeah. Um, Talk a little bit about the kind of advertising opportunities that are available right now on podcasts.
1: Yeah, so there's there's two main ways, and I'll talk about some additional ways that you can monetize on your show a little later, but I would say the two top ways that podcasters look at monetizing are usually through sponsorships and advertisers. Um, advertisers can be like ad slots that you have throughout your podcast where you either dynamically insert an ad to promote a company's product or service, or you can have a host red ad where um, you know, your, the host of the show is organically working in an ad to their content. Um, and then the second way is just working exclusively with a brand to sponsor your show. And then they have all advertising rights exclusively. Right. Um, right. Low battery sign just popped up. So I <laughs> Those are probably the two most, um, financially lucrative ways of monetizing on your show, especially if you have your analytics set up and you really understand who your demographic is, then it's all a matter of getting matched with a brand that's looking to advertise to your target audience. So, you know, just off the top of my head, HelloFresh, every time they'd launch a new product or service, they're big on podcast advertising, um, and they're always about local hyper-targeted. So they, you know, if they're launching a new product or line in Toronto, they wanna be connected with someone who has, you know, a very engaged group of people that's like very focused around Toronto. So say you have a thousand listeners completely circled in Toronto, and you know their demographic is all Toronto-based, they're millennial, educated millennial professionals, that would be yep. perfect target audience for HelloFresh to match with Sorry. them. And I would say that my biggest issue with sponsorships and advertisers is oftentimes, not always, but sometimes what we're seeing is a lot of brands only paying podcasters when there's a code that's redeemed, or you know, if they're doing an ad and they give out a code and they're trying to track, clicks and website lands, uh, you only get paid every time there's a website land or every time uh, someone utilizes your code. But the reason I have such an issue with that is we already know you need multiple touch points with a customer in order to convert them. In fact, NPR recently did a study. They said People need to hear something 25 or 30 times now before they decide to engage with someone's product or service. So why aren't podcasters being paid for the three to four months of brand awareness they're building up uh, to the point that somebody uses their code? If you only pay someone for every code that's being utilized, you're actually devaluing all of the free marketing that you're getting from months up to the point that someone purchases that code. So that is the biggest flaw when it comes to affiliate marketing, when it comes to podcasting.
0: I think, yeah, that's a great point. And and that's a big adjustment for advertisers to also realize because they're used to these like pay per click ads, or these direct analytics, but really, it's brand awareness and brand building that takes up over time, right. And that's why um, we haven't really touched on it. But when a when a company or a brand creates the show as original content, they're not even necessarily an advertiser. That whole show is technically an ad, but guess what? They're not throwing their product down your throat every day, right? It's affiliation with that brand. So are there any great uh, original podcasts that have been created by brands that, that you'd like to mention that maybe we don't even know that they're necessarily a branded podcast?
1: Oh my goodness, there's so many. Uh, branded podcasts is my, my new thing. Um, ever since I decided to launch the Listen In Conference, which Daniel is our head of comms for. Um, yes. You know, ever since I decided to launch this podcast, I have really focused a lot of my consumption towards branded shows. And it's been so fascinating to see companies utilizing branded shows as a way of becoming thought leaders and connecting with their customers in a way that informs them, yet builds a relationship and speaks to their interests. There's so many good shows that I love. Um, Right now I'm listening to um, The Sauce by McDonald's. Oh, yeah. um, it's it's a show where um, they cover a PR scandal where they had limited distribution of their very popular sauce, and they use this podcast as a way to rebuild the brand's message, which I thought was really creative. Um, I love I love um, McAfee's podcast Hackable, uh, and I, the reason I like it so much is they built this entire podcast to promote their services and products yet they've done it in a way that's so tasteful and they're not overproducing commercials um it's done very tastefully so anytime a brand is talking to me about how best practices related to advertising I always send them to McAfee's podcast hackable because I think they are probably one of my favorites I love Slack's podcast
0: Slack variety podcast yeah, I noticed Slack has had a couple different iterations over the years of, of their show. And I think it's really important to know that as a brand, you can definitely pivot your podcast. You can do it, uh at least what we recommend is to do a season, right? Yeah. So you have a pilot episode, you have a few episodes in a season, maybe six to eight episodes see how that does, see how that performs, see what the feedback is. And then you can always relaunch um, with those modifications and that input, right? Part of what we need to do as content creators is listen to what our audience is looking for, because again, they're your audience. And if you wanna develop that community, that's the best way to be super successful. Um, And I guess from, would you say, a lot of people ask about this, are subscribers more important than listens or vice versa? What would you say to that?
1: Yeah. So, you know, subscribers are great. They're obviously a recurring following that you have week after week, month after month. But I would say personally, for me, it's not about the number of downloads. I think that those metrics, you know, for those of you watching, just so you know, what constitutes as a download is very different depending on which listener app people are using. For Spotify, you have to actually listen and press play for in order for it to count as a download. But for a lot of the other listener apps, it'll download but not report back to say whether or not the listener actually ended up hearing the podcast. So those metrics are definitely very skewed. So for me, when I'm talking to advertisers and sponsors, you know, I, there's so many other things people should be looking at. The value of the host is one I think people yeah. often overlook. Um, what other uh What other um, engagement tools are people using? Are they leveraging their social media? Are they uh, leveraging YouTube to expand the reach of their content? Um, Call to actions are very important. How many people do you have subscribed to your email list? How many people are engaging with you on social media? Are people leaving reviews? Um, That's a big one. What are your iTunes reviews? Are people leaving online reviews? Are you on the best podcast list from Buzzsprout? So there's so many different other forms of engagement that I think people should be measuring. And... I would say that I think it's really important for people to realize that when you are negotiating your brand value with brands and advertisers, you should always ask for a hybrid payment approach. So it should be a small retainer, flat fee, um, that sort of covers you for all the brand building and brand awareness that you're working up to. And then you get a percentage every time somebody uses your code or you get a website click or land or listen. So something tangible that you can actually uh, measure versus a flat fee that you should be um, getting for brand awareness.
0: Amazing, so that, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to work out those deals, those partnerships and those sponsorships. Um, and I will throw in as well that if you're a brand new show, it's not just about necessarily brands, but also cross promotion with other podcasts and other hosts yeah. that you think you can share each other's audience, right? Because again, it's the same thing how it works in the music industry. When someone you know puts someone on their song or on their album, instantly it sends a ton of people that way right um so we have a question uh from kirsten who's asking that if you're just starting out how can you get the hype out and really get the ball rolling to get people interested so i guess this is you know if you're starting completely from scratch you've got a name you've got a brand you've got your show launched what would you say those those first few steps are to really get the hype out
1: goodness this is a this is an entire session on its own how to market your podcast (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Kristen, I am actually doing this week. uh, My webinar is how to launch a podcast from home on a budget, but next week my webinar is how to grow your audience. Um, So in that entire hour, all I do is cover tactics that people should be utilizing, but I would say right off the bat, you really want to maximize your distribution. It's about understanding that podcast listeners are loyal to their respective apps, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google play. So making sure that you are, um, on all the directories, you're linking all the directories so that people can find your show right off the bat. Yep. Uh, and then it's a long-term play. It's really about growing your SEO, making sure you have a website, cross-promoting. Um, you can use uh, things, tools like Radio Guest List to find other podcasters that you can either rent their RSS feed or do content swaps with them. There are so many different tactics you can utilize and uh, I would say tune into my webinars. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. That's awesome advice. So there are three webinars. What is what's the date uh, for the first one?
1: So the first one's on Wednesday. It's every every Wednesday this month. Um the first one is this Wednesday. It's at eleven AM EST and it's about how to launch a podcast on a budget from home. Yep. Uh, the week after on Wednesday at eleven AM, I'm doing one on how to grow your audience in ten steps, where I cover yep. all of these tactics in a lot of detail. And then the week after that, my third webinar is
0: why Health- you should why you should consider launching a branded podcast.
1: Exactly. So if you're a company or working for a company and you're, you know, considering launching a podcast for your company um, in that one hour, I talk about all of the reasons why you should consider it and best practices.
0: Perfect. Uh, Fatima, do you need to charge your phone or are you good?
1: No, I think I'm good. I'm definitely good. It won't. It's like my 20% will last a while.
0: Amazing. So I just wanted to let everyone know that there is a feature on Instagram where you can actually, uh, down there there 's a little question mark box besides the beside the comment feature, so you can actually ask a question in there, you can submit it through there um, if you'd like if not, obviously you can just comment directly in here as well um, so fatima uh, when it comes to obviously we talked a little bit about podcasting, um, but when it comes to sponsorships and selling right from a sales perspective i 'd love for you to talk about um, you have a ton of experience obviously in business development through the agency and through you know, other companies before that. But what are some of the things that we need to consider now as entrepreneurs during this crazy kind of crisis situation uh, of COVID? How are, like, what, what's the approach that we need to take when it comes to sales? Because obviously, businesses still need to continue running. Um, so how do we approach that, would you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the brand value for podcasting has never been higher, because it's something that people can do remotely. Um, and it's a way that you can continue uh, connecting with your customers, maybe, you know, before you had other marketing tactics that, you know, you had to be physically present for. I'm um, also just understanding that podcasting is not very expensive. It's sort of a drop in the hat when you're comparing it to how much people spend on traditional media PR and other digital marketing campaigns so definitely mm. my, my advice is always try it um, take it out of your experimental budget and see if it works well I um, yep. something to keep in mind through COVID is you know really keeping in when you are negotiating with sponsors and advertisers really understanding that because it's a new category don't undervalue the um the amount of ROIs and conversions that you can bring as a podcaster. You know, Midroll did a study recently, they interviewed millions of podcast consumers, people like myself, and they found that 60% of the people that they interviewed said that they would purchase or they have purchased a product or service after listening to a podcast.
0: Right.
1: And traditional media converts at one to 2%. And so when you think about those numbers, I think brands are starting to finally realize how high the conversion rates are with podcasting due to the nature of how intimate it is. And they're moving aggressively into that space. Companies like Warby Parker, HelloFresh, Blue Apron, Casper, Endy, um, Square, these companies have realized it a while ago. And, you know, they've added podcasting into their marketing mix as not their broadest reach tactic, but possibly um, a higher conversion tactic.
0: Absolutely. Um, Now we're going to, we're going to go to a question here that kind of, you did touch on it a little bit, but I want to just get the answer specifically up Um, and just put the question on the screen. So it's about how many listeners you should average before approaching brands for sponsorships. And I know that the answer definitely depends, but I would love to hear your comments for anyone new Fatima.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we talked about this a little bit earlier. I don't. It's not about the number of listeners or downloads that you have now. It's about how hyper focused your target and your audience is, and how well do you know your your demographic? It really comes down to that. So if you even have mm. five hundred listeners who are you know very engaged and you know you have all of your analytics down, I would say you can start approaching brands. I would say a thousand listeners is probably the sweet spot. Um, but again, you know, getting a thousand listeners that are recurring isn't as easy as it sounds. And so I would say try to work towards a thousand (laughs) listeners. But if you're even at 500 and you really have um, your metrics down, I would create a really beautiful deck that outlines who your demographic is And then I would start hitting up brands that you think could potentially want to advertise on your show. And you can always do a trial or test period as well, where, you know, maybe it's like a two or three month lead time where you work with them on a small retainer and a commission basis based on clicks and lands and codes used. Um, And then if they're happy with the results, then they sign you on for a longer term period or pay for exclusivity. But I would say definitely approach brands, even if you're at the 500 number mark
0: and is that like per episode or is that like a cumulative views it's always per episode
1: episode, yeah so cumulative isn't i think a fair metric because it's like i could go in and out of a podcast three or four different times and cumulatively that really adds up but what you really want is unique listens per episode
0: right absolutely um and of course i think part of the tactics there's a ton of tactics to make that happen but something really important that you have to ask people to do is to review your podcast and to actually share your podcast with a friend. So if you do have 200 listeners and they each share it to one person, very simple math, that's, you're doubling that to 400 people. Um, and I think that's really, really important in the early days, even, even big branded podcasts will ask you for your, um, recommendations, reviews, and sharing their show, right? Because it's there's, as you mentioned, there's hundreds of thousands of shows that exist out there,
1: right? Yeah, so there's 900,000 podcasts, of which only 18% are active. So really, you're only looking at 200,000 podcasts out there. And people always say, isn't the industry so saturated? And I always get so annoyed when people say that, because I'm like, there's 1.5 billion websites, blogs. (laughs) 600 million blogs there's um 30 million youtube channels like you know those are the numbers you're comparing it to when you're looking at two hundred thousand active podcasts so it's really not that saturated yeah. of an industry and people who are starting now are really first to market just like in 2007 if you were the first person on twitter by default you're now a twitter influencer because you've been around <laughs> for so long
0: Right. Okay, I know you gotta run in a minute, so uh, we can answer Mark's question, which is what is a platform that you would recommend to stream and record podcasts with, video specifically during the pandemic? So I think it's a good point. A lot of people are sitting around at home, they're not necessarily driving or commuting. Um so there is a good choice or a good opportunity for video. Yeah. What would you recommend? Yeah, is, it so just, video is it just is it just YouTube?
1: Huge, huge. Um, five times more engagement than static posts there's tons of companies that you can uh, tap into headliner is a great company Um, messy fm there's anchor has now started doing things for free or honestly i would just invest a little bit in companies like now creative that can uh, put together some cost-effective packages for you and actually do very customized trailers teasers um, and video snippets but definitely invest in video if you can i think it's um definitely a huge value add when it comes to reaching new audiences and new places
0: i think i think also if we can add like let's just say right now if we were recording a podcast on our computers what would be something to actually do you know of any software to use to record that i know zoom allows you to record video which Headliners, is
1: headliner headliner does um Zencaster does okay um, perfect Skype does, I think, now allow you, allows you to do like screen recordings. Zencaster is my favorite platform to use for remote recording, uh, for yep. both video and audio. It's only $20 a month, which I think is definitely worth it. That's a platform that we use for a lot of our corporate clients. So you can just understand that the sound quality is really great.
0: Yeah, and what's amazing is if you have two or three people, each uh, person gets their own link and it records on their definitely. own device. So you don't have to deal with the streaming quality issues. Um, If let's say, you know, someone has a poor connection, it doesn't matter as much because it's gonna be on their device that it saves you. All right, so Fatima, are there any um, final words of advice or recommendations you have for someone who, you know, is really looking to either earn some revenue from their show or even just get started during this crazy time?
1: Yeah, so I would say if you're looking to, you know, make a quick buck right now, you're not at the 500 person mark, you can still get started, Um, affiliate, Marketing programs, there's tons out there. I would recommend checking out um, Amazon Associates and Partner Stack Marketplace and GrowSumo's Marketplace. Check out those three um, resources because uh, it doesn't matter how big your audience is, it doesn't matter how lifestyle you are, it helps you um, get started for affiliate marketing so that you can be making revenue as you create more content.
0: Perfect. And then just a quick shout out to, uh, as Mateva mentioned, there's a Listen In conference coming up, which is going to be in LA. Hopefully, after all this situation dies down, we can travel again. Um, Do you want to just give a quick um, overview of what that conference is going to be like?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is um, one of the first conferences that are focused on branded podcasts. Uh, so all the speakers who are coming out and attendees are all corporate companies and enterprise companies and startups who are all looking to start a branded show. Um, our headliner is Sarah Kaning, the co-creator and host of Serial. And she's coming out to talk to us about how she made podcasting viral. And our entire conference is about sporting brands and helping them grow, either start their shows or grow their audiences.
0: Perfect. So that's coming up in the fall. Um, thank you so much. Where can people find you or Quill?
1: So um, our URL is quillit, Q-U-I-L-L-I-T dot I-O. Um, You can find me on Instagram. I'm like a very public profile. It's open, so anyone can add me. I love talking podcasting all day, every day. If you do have a podcast and you want it to get reviewed, reach out to me because we're happy to, you know, host a review of your show on our platform as well. Um, And yeah, let me know if you have any questions. And thanks for having me, Daniel.
0: Perfect. Thanks so much, Fatima. All right. Talk to you soon. All right.